Welcome to Ohio Roots, the official podcast of the Ohio Genealogical Society. Join us as we embark on a captivating journey through Ohio's rich genealogy, history, and abundant resources. Hosted by me, OGS Executive Director Noel Poirier, this podcast brings you insightful conversations with a diverse array of guests, from OGS members, chapter leaders, and staff, to renowned genealogists, historians, and influential figures within the genealogical community. Each episode delves into fascinating topics and captivating stories. So grab your headphones, hit that play button, and join us on this enthralling journey of Ohio's roots. Today I'm speaking with Jim Beidler. Uh, Jim is the Interim Executive Director for the Genealogical Society of Pennsylvania. Um, I've been really looking forward to this conversation because I wanted to talk to Jim about what we have in common with Pennsylvania, uh, how Ohio and Pennsylvania are kind of symbiotic in many ways in terms of genealogy, and to find out more about what the Genealogical Society of Pennsylvania is doing and what they offer to their membership. So uh, welcome Jim Beidler to our Ohio Reads podcast, and I hope you enjoy listening. Well, Jim Beidler uh, from the Genealogical Society of Pennsylvania, thank you so much for joining us on the Ohio Roots podcast today. I really appreciate you taking some time uh, to talk to us about the GSP and, and what you all are working on. Uh, you're very welcome, Noel. I'm I'm always excited to uh, do anything with, with OGS. Uh, I think I've been... Uh, a speaker there for 13 consecutive years, yeah. which is making me feel a little bit old, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but so always a, a great conference and it has, uh, led to some good, uh, partnership between, uh, Genealogical Society of Pennsylvania and OGS. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been a play, I've had the pleasure of, of watching your presentations the last couple of years. So, uh, it's been, it's been really good. Um, I'm going to start with a question I ask everybody, uh, at, at the beginning of these podcasts, which is, Kind of what is your genealogical origin story? You know, what, what got you interested, brought you into the fold, uh, motivated you to really pursue genealogy and family history? Yeah, well, um, the first thing is it's uh, it's been a while. Uh, <laughs> uh, next year, as a matter of fact, it'll be 40 years that that I've been involved. Wow. And the, the way it happened is um, uh, my mother was working on a 250th anniversary history book for the church at which uh, she uh, uh, was a member of and at the time I was a member of also. Uh, And as we were writing and editing this history, we'd come across names that were familiar because there there was one line, her her maiden surname was locally famous in my area of Pennsylvania. And we had that uh, that had been traced for us back to an immigrant. But then they had just had the names of the wives and those surnames, uh, you know, kind of fascinating me because as we were going through the history, we would find that surname attached to people uh, that um, uh, were on building committees or lists okay. of elders and things like that. Oh, uh, and so um, uh, I rather famously decided. We only lived a mile away from this church. I'm going to take a trip down to the old graveyard and see if there's anything else I can find. Well, mm-hmm. uh, it didn't take too many minutes before I found the parents of one of those wives uh, and you know, very old, detailed old German tombstones, which only a few rows over there were his parents as were listed on his tombstone and then in that same row were his grandparents so my genealogy was kind of kind of off and running uh in a very real sense i never came back from that graveyard 
Okay. <laughs> well, that's a good way to do it. Um, you're, you're very lucky to have all of them all in one place. That was kind of helpful, I guess. As, initially. As, it as it turned out, as it turned out, I have three dozen direct line ancestors uh, on the burial grounds of that, of that church. Wow. Uh, Where and, was this and, church? Uh, it's, it's burn church in burn township berks county pennsylvania okay yeah. berks county okay. yeah i'm a i'm a lancaster county native myself so <laughs> so just down the road from there. just down the road um, yep. the genealogical society of pennsylvania has been around a long time so i was wondering and so i'm not going to ask you to give a complete history of the genealogical society of pennsylvania but if you could just give everybody listening an idea of of the organization how long you know what it's done where it's been and things like that That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would call I would call us a, a first wave society. I think a, I think okay. a, Ohio is kind of a second wave society. Sure, the, the big sure. wave that came around the time of Roots. We were founded mm -hmm. in 1892. Uh, we mm -hmm. were originally the genealogy committee of the historical society of okay. Pennsylvania. That grew from a, a committee to to a separately incorporated organization uh, and mm -hmm. have continued over the years to having various relationships between GSP and HSP. Currently, we have, have our right. own uh, small facility uh, and uh, we, we've, we've contributed greatly to uh, Pennsylvania records being microfilmed, being mm -hmm. abstracted, uh, all those sorts of things over, over the years. Okay. Does does the society work at all or partner at all with the PHMC, the Pennsylvania Historical Museum Commission? Oh uh, well, uh, I I myself and, and I'm 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 just uh, wrapping up my second time mm -hmm. at GSP as executive director. Okay. Uh, at various times, beginning in my uh, first incarnation at GSP <laughs> twenty years ago, uh, I've been on the State Historic Records Advisory Board. Okay. Okay. or shrab for pennsylvania and that okay. has helped keep us in touch okay. with the the uh pennsylvania commission and and, and its subsidiary of our most interest sure. the pennsylvania state archives right yeah uh, you know it's interesting i know here in ohio uh the records are just scattered everywhere um uh in terms of having uh, a centralized location to look for anything is really difficult here and i know that's the same in a lot of other places but but um i'm curious as to how being another statewide organization, um, how your members uh, access those records and the things that they need, you know, across the state, um, if that's something they do or, or do you facilitate those things with them? Yeah, uh, well, on on our website, we we do have uh, uh, county guides for mm -hmm. for most of the Pennsylvania counties okay. uh, because because. Uh, in truth, I think we're even more diffuse than Ohio. <laughs> at, 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 le at least your county societies are chapters. That's very uh, true. <laughs> yeah, where where whereas uh, uh, while we're 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 working on uh, putting together a Pennsylvania genealogical uh, network mm -hmm. uh, with those groups, uh, it, it's that they are very independent. They are very sure, independent. yeah, and and. So yeah, you do you do have things at a at a lot of places because it's not just counties. I mean, uh, there there are a lot of historical or genealogical groups for just individual Pennsylvania townships. 
Uh, mm-hmm. And sure. and really and really, you ignore those at your peril because a lot mm-hmm. of times those those will those organizations will have the people on the ground who have the local right. expertise that they 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 you know forget the records they know they know exactly how uh, the families in that particular right. township right. or small region all knit together because they're related to all yeah. of them. <laughs> right, 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 right. They're all connected. Um, yeah. Are there are there are there kind are there projects that GSP undertakes uh, by itself uh, as its own under kind of its own banner? Yeah, well, one one of the things that we uh, just completed in in August uh, is we had a week long virtual conference called Page of uh, Pennsylvania Ge- Pennsylvania's genealogy event. Uh, mm-hmm. And we hope to do that every every other year, uh, okay. at least as a as a virtual conference. Uh, other things that uh, we have, we we uh, started back uh, doing third Thursday webinars on, on a monthly mm-hmm. basis uh, cool. that are free, free to the public. Uh, the perk for our GSP members is you get access to a recording in addition to right. uh, coming to to the uh, the live uh, version of it. Uh, and we're we're hoping in uh, 2024 to do uh, quarterly one day uh, seminars. Uh, and mm-hmm. in our more medium term future, uh, we're hoping to uh, get enough funding to bring back our scholarly journal, the Pennsylvania Genealogical okay. Magazine, uh, to uh, to okay. publish that twice a year. How long has that been not published? I, I believe 2015 is, okay. is when it so not, went, hasn't been gone when, that long. When, when, when it went on so-called hiatus. Hiatus. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned virtual program and, and, you know, I can commiserate with you as a, as a genealogical society uh, professional uh, that, you know, the advent of COVID and what COVID did to uh, uh, social settings and, and why people get together sometimes, which is primarily social uh, as opposed, you know, we have chapter meetings, we have OGS meetings, but they're, Yes, we're learning things, but I think the main impetus for those is to be around other people who like which, who do the same thing. Um, and it seems like you know, embracing the virtual uh, presentation of programming and education uh, has been a challenge for us because, um, and I'm sure it's a challenge for for your your audience as well. Uh, in that they have to be familiar with the technology, they have to be familiar with all the you know the, the tricks that, that go along with it. Um, I'm, I'm curious if you feel like. Your your moving to hybrid has 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 benefited your current members, or has it attracted younger members or newer members, or or what's your what's your take on how virtual learning uh, is affecting the genealogical community? Yeah, uh, well, as as far as uh, I mean, all of the above of the of those categories, it has it has mm-hmm. benefited, uh, but especially the the distance membership, uh, right. and and. Uh, uh, you know, so I'm I'm a big believer that uh, the things you do in person are going to be or in person only are going to be pretty sparing going going forward because uh, simply simply uh, and this is kind of across the board I've seen in all sizes of genealogy groups uh, mm-hmm. in, in person is is not coming back and I don't think is ever right. going to come back to the levels of of registration right. yeah. that it did pre-pandemic. So it's you know what things what things do you do online only? What things do mm-hmm. you do you do hybrid with 
expectations that uh, of what the uh, uh, in-person will be uh, and the limited number of in-person right. things that you do, uh, realizing that that will cater to a relatively so- small segment of your membership. I mean, we're, we're right. doing a, we're doing currently a monthly uh, uh, special interest group that we call genealogists helping genealogists. Uh, oh, that and that's great. Yes, it's in person only, and it's designed as a as a roundtable. Uh, and yeah, we, we hope we hope that it'll be a source of some uh, some additional volunteers right. at our small headquarters. Uh, but the but the main thing is to to give people social something social. But other right. than southeastern Pennsylvania and New Jersey across the Delaware River, you know, we're not going to get anybody to uh, to that uh, to because we right. we have many many members in Utah, California, and uh, sure. and so forth. Uh, so so I, I I think you know hybrid using hybrid effectively is the is the real ticket for uh, for genealogy groups uh, going forward. The Ohio Roots Podcast is brought to you by the Ohio Genealogical Society, the premier gateway for discovering your Ohio family history. To learn more about joining, visit www.ogs.org. If you enjoy listening to the Ohio Roots Podcast, we would really appreciate it if you could go to whatever platform it is that you listen and give us a good review. Reviews help us get more listeners and reach more people with Ohio Roots and what we're trying to do with the Ohio Genealogical Society. So please, leave us a nice review, and thanks for listening. I I know from our standpoint at OGS, you know, we're really trying to focus a lot on making sure all of our members can access what we have, um, as opposed to just those members who are either attending a conference physically or are attending the library and archive physically. Um, And that creates different challenges um, in terms of technology and in terms of uh, where you allocate the limited resources you have as an organization um, to make sure that you can achieve those things. I know that, you know, one of our visions, our visions for the future OGS is that we are essentially the portal through which people find Ohio genealogical material. Doesn't mean we have it. (laughs) It just means we are the ones that help people find what they're looking for, whether it's at a chapter or a museum or a library or whatever. We want to be able to have those resources to do that. And that's a challenge because, again, you know, a lot of folks are miss out on that on that one on one. But I agree with you 100 percent. I've given in-person presentations to three or four people and we're doing webinars to 40 or 50 or 60. You know, I mean, so it, it seems like you know, that's the logical course of action. I mean, makes sense to me anyway. Um, I think we probably face many of the same challenges, but I'm curious from your perspective in Pennsylvania, what are the greatest challenges you see, not just necessarily with, 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 with the Genealogical Society of Pennsylvania, but with attracting people to do genealogy in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any problem attracting people to do what they might call a form of genealogy. <laughs> right. They take, they, uh, they spit in a tube, do their, do their DNA <laughs> test. Right. Uh, it, it comes back uh, 50% German and 50% English and they think they're done. 
Uh, so right, right. Uh, it's it's how how do we make them into more of a family historian? Right. I, I think that that is the the real challenge. And uh, and just uh, a, a little memory chip that that you spurred, uh, you know, that portal idea. Mm-hmm. You know that that's the same same thing that ambition that we have for GSP. Sure. And and again, you know, no, you know, nobody's going to have everything, but you know, you know where to guide people. Right. That's exactly. The, yeah, that's the that's the uh, the the good the good thing about it, uh, but um, but yeah, uh, you know we're like I say we're working on a Pennsylvania uh, genealogy network with the uh, with the smaller organizations, uh, and you know we really uh, we really think that. Uh, bringing back the scholarly journal uh, that if we're if we're able to uh, to do that uh, I mean there's a great demand for uh, there, there I mean I I have a couple of issues, you know our articles for a couple of issues lined up already uh, because sure, that many sure. people that many people have Pennsylvania ancestors uh, that they want to uh, want to to talk about and show, you know, show how they uh, uh, managed to solve a, a thorny problem or or what mm-hmm. have you. Uh, the, the other thing we have, and I know this is this is similar to Ohio, is we have a, a first families of Pennsylvania lineage society. Uh, right, and that's sure. that's very uh, very popular with people. Uh, and current currently we we have uh, uh, three three uh, categories based on the the time uh, that they first that an ancestor first set foot in mm-hmm. uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, currently it uh, leaves off at 1900, uh, okay. but we're ju- just in the final stages of adding a another category that we're going to call centennial pennsylvanians uh and that okay. that w- the, the qualification for that will be uh at least 100 years from the application date of the person so that that's okay. going to be flexible and continually moving forward every every year sure, Cur- sure. currently it would be up to 1923 right uh, yeah and we're, that, we're that not- seems like an interesting way to open it up to to a yeah. larger audience of people yes yeah. Yeah, yeah, because we have a huge we have a huge number of people whose only Pennsylvania ancestor was somebody who came in in that that high immigration era right before World War One. Right, right, yeah, and and I think you know being Ohio is a is is in many ways a an extension of Pennsylvania uh, in the sense of people moving into Ohio from Pennsylvania, and you we can, have a similar you can, challenge. You can, you can say that I'm not going to, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, again, I'm a Pennsylvanian, so I have a bias to it. But you know, just researching in the in the community in which I live, which is in uh, Tuscaroras County, Ohio, which is really Appalachia, mm-hmm. Ohio. Yep. Um, yep. Most of the people who settled here were from uh, either we- Western Virginia or yep. or Western Pennsylvania, yep. uh, early on anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And then later, and this is the challenge we have as well, I think. But in the 1870s, 80s, 90s, 1900, we had a huge influx of Italian immigration. We had a huge influx of Hungarian and, and Central European immigration. Um, many of those folks do not fit into our own lineage societies. You know? And so so the challenge is how do we, as an organization, you know, sharing this with you, how, how do we reach those people too? I had I, one of the folks I interviewed for the podcast, and it'll be 
one of the next ones you'll, that'll come out is uh, Thomas uh, Serencioni, who's the president of the Cleveland Italian Ancestry Organization. Um, so a very focused group of people focused on Italian immigrants to the Cleveland area, um, which really post-date most of what we talk about when we talk about first families, settlers of Ohio, things like that. So the challenge of reaching young people, younger people, younger generations of Ohioans, um, I think we share that we share a similar thing with what you're doing in Pennsylvania. And, and it is a challenge. Um, I think I'll I'll piggyback on your comment too about doing spitting in a tube and having your genealogy be done. Um, I also think one of the challenges uh, with with, with it, making people better family historians is they rely very heavily on things like Ancestry.com or what they see there um, and lack maybe the critical uh, uh, research skills to delineate from what they're seeing to what is reality. Um, and I think that's a big challenge as well. Um, I know I'm, I'm academically trained as a historian. Um, and so I'm very specific. I'm very important. Sources are very important to me. Um, and as they are to genealogists. And so I think piggybacking on the DNA, they'll spit in a tube, they'll send it to Ancestry, they'll look on Ancestry, they'll get a little leaf on whatever it is they put on there. They'll, they'll, they'll add that person to their family tree and they have nothing to do with them. So it, it, it's it, educating people about that, I think, is a challenge. And, and I guess we just kind of did a little bit <laughs> um, uh, if, they, and, if they listen. So we'll see. <laughs> and, and, I, and I would summarize that there's a reason they call them shaky leaves right. and some of the, and some of them are very shaky yeah yeah, yeah they're they're you know it, it's it's pretty it can be pretty frightening at times um <laughs> you, you mentioned a little bit of the educational offerings that you're talking about that you do a gsp um you but if you would elaborate a little bit more on the webinars what what kind of subjects are people going to find if they attend your webinars is it kind of all all kind of across the spectrum or are they specifically narrowed down to things yeah well we well we try to we try to uh, when we put together the program right now, we're, we're just, uh, putting together the 2024 lineup. Uh, but we try, we try to have some nationally known speakers. Uh, mm -hmm. we, tr we, uh, are also using, uh, some people who are only locally or regionally, uh, known. Okay. Uh, and, you know, the topics have been, uh, you know, you know everything from some of the more more popular uh, ethnic groups, and and like like you've mm -hmm. been saying, you know we've got, you know we've got Germans, we've got Italians, you know all, Irish, you know all the right. all all these major European groups, uh, a lot of Afri African Americans, sure. um, but uh, also we we uh, have presentations like uh, uh, one on the uh, the early. Uh, canals and, okay, uh, and, yeah. and 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 moving moving the coal resources things like that uh so so yeah we're trying trying to keep it to a to a good mix and we get uh get an average of a of a couple of hundred people that's uh, great you know to, to every monthly program that's wonderful yeah I, I think you know when you talk about those programs like canals and and railroads or whatever um I think and it gets back to being a good family historian it allows you to put your family in the context of the time in which they live. And I think that that, that is such an important thing that we, that, that I think if you just focused on the, the births, marriages and deaths aspects of genealogy, um, you're really missing that family history uh, as opposed to simply just outlining a, a chart of people. So I, I appreciate that you, that you do that. We, we try to do the same thing um, with a lot of the webinars and programs that we offer. Uh, I'd love to get a couple hundred people to a webinar though. We're not usually that lucky. When, <laughs> when someone starts out doing family history, let's call it that because that seems to be more important, I think, mm -hmm. as we, in our discussion. 
What tips would you give to someone who is just starting to investigate their family history and 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 is committed to to really pursuing it? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I as I told you, I've been doing it almost 40 years. So I'm 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 somewhat old school mm -hmm. uh in in that uh you know, you know, slap your fingers before you start keyboarding on on the internet. Right. And at first, start with yourself. What do you know or think you know? Mm -hmm. In investigate your attic, your parents' attic. If you're lucky that your grandparents are still living, their mm -hmm. attic. You know, what certificates do they have there? Is there a family Bible? Are there military discharge papers? Start at home with the home resources, uh, because 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 as, as we were talking about, you know, when you see stuff off on the Internet, is it is it something from your family or is it just something with somebody of the same name? That stuff that's right. that's in your family attic, that's going to be your family. <laughs> you right. So, right. That's the real deal. Yeah. 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 So, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, you know, I, I definitely, you know, do, do, do I think that many people are, are not going to be tempted by the online experience? <laughs> uh, of course they, they are going to do, going to do that, right, but right. just, just make sure you don't uh, omit the home sources or interviewing every uh, family elder. Uh, and, you know, not just direct line, but older cousins, aunts and uncles, mm -hmm. you know, people like that, because because nobody ever begins genealogy too soon. Uh, somebody's mm -hmm. all always already gone by the time you start and you never know when those people are going to be taken mm -hmm. from you. And, and each one of them is a library. Each, each one right. of them is a library. And if you don't get to interview them before before they they die uh then you've let a library burn down on you that's a shame yeah. well jim thank you yeah. so much for joining us today on the ohio roots podcast it was really a pleasure having you i imagine i'll see you at the conference the ogs conference in the spring uh, I, I hope anyway um and and if not i hope i'll see you again some other time I'm, I'm presenting three lectures and doing a luncheon so you're darn too all right awesome then we'll see you there thanks jim very much you have a great day thank you no that was a really interesting conversation with Jim. I, I think it's really nice uh, what the Genealogical Society of Pennsylvania is doing and, and how they're helping their members uh, research their own Pennsylvania genealogy. I think it's great uh, to see how organizations like the Genealogical Society of Pennsylvania and the Ohio Genealogical Society uh, can work together and, and do many of the same kind of offerings for our memberships. That just makes it easier for all of us when we're doing genealogy. So thank you to James Byler for joining us today. And thank you for listening to the Ohio Roots podcast. The Ohio Roots Podcast is brought to you by the Ohio Genealogical Society, the premier gateway for discovering your Ohio family history. Hosted by OGS Executive Director Noel Poyer and edited by Luke Poyer. Theme song is Beautiful Ohio, recorded by Bob Stanley and his orchestra in 1944. To learn more about joining the Ohio Genealogical Society, visit www.ogs.org.